Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman. Happy Friday. It's Let's Ride Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I'm your host here on this awesome podcast, my Ride or Die crew. How are you doing? Hope you had a great week, and I hope you have a great weekend planned. I'm the co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. You know this by now. You should know that BehindTheSteelCurtain.com should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. And by the way, wherever you get your podcasts, search Steelers, Search behind the steel curtain, subscribe, follow, do whatever you have to do so that you don't miss a thing. Couple procedural things to get out of the way. First, about behindthesteelcurtain.com. If you want up to date Steelers news, I'm not talking about up oh, ESPN sent the alert to my phone. Uh oh, Bleacher Report sent the alert to my phone. Now, if you want stuff faster than that, behindthesteelcurtain.com is, is your place to be. And I'm not sugarcoating this. I'm not saying it because I'm the editor. I'm not saying because I'm one of the people that does breaking news for the site. What I'm saying is that today, and I'm going to talk about Chris Wormley, the Steelers have, are going to bring him back on a two-year deal. We had the story up on our site over an hour and a half before anyone else did that was an accredited, quote-unquote, website. If you don't care about that stuff, that's fine. You can get your news wherever you'd like. I'm not going to be naive enough to think that people are going to bypass other outlets and only look at Behind the Steel Curtain. I'm not saying that at all. All I'm trying to get you to do is to make sure that we are one of your visits every single day because I think our content is that good. Just like our podcast platform, I think you should check it out every single day because I do think the content is that good. And lastly, before we get started, because boy, am I excited for this show. Uh, We got a lot of stuff to unwrap today. Uh, The Locker Room app. Every Tuesday night, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time, I go live on the Locker Room app. If you are an iOS user, you can download the Locker Room app for free. It's totally free. doesn't cost you a dime. You create an account at 7.30. You tune in. You follow me on the Locker Room app. And that handle is the same as my Twitter handle, at jhartman underscore P-I-T. And we get to talk about the Steelers for at least 35 to 40 minutes. It's been great. I've loved every second of it. We've had some people that have come back every week. We get new people every week. It's tremendous. I'm hoping to continue to grow the audience. It's going to change the show. My ride or die crew is growing, and that makes me excited. But you know what also makes me excited? And maybe excited isn't the right word. Maybe, just maybe, the Steelers fan base is starting to tick me off a little bit. Starting to tick me off a little bit. Before I get into this rant, I want to make sure you know that in the second half of this segment, the second half of this show, my buddy Chris Carter from DKPittsburghSports.com used to be my right-hand man here behind the steel curtain. He's going to join me to talk about the Steelers, so make sure you stick around. Don't go anywhere. But let's get back to this rant. I am on Twitter, said my handle just a few seconds ago, and a lot of people and a lot of people that listen to this show, they will rely on me to give them some type of take on the Steelers. They'll ask about, hey, Jeff, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And I will always give them my honest opinion. I've always said this from day one. I am going to respond to people that ask me questions. Uh, I'm not going to respond to every single comment. I might like it, but I'm not going to, if you ask me a question, I'm going to at least answer you. And if I don't know, I'm going to say, I don't know, because I can't stand how like beat writers, they literally will never respond. You ask them a question and it's like, they are just non-existent. They just blow you off. I'm not that type of guy. But people were were so down on the Steelers. They were so down on the Steelers. And I get it. I really do get it. I understand it completely. So when all of a sudden 
Bud Dupree goes to the Titans. There were some people that were kind of upset. I wasn't because I knew this was coming. And then all of a sudden, Matt Filer, he goes to the Rams. I'm sorry, the Chargers, I believe. He's out in L.A. somewhere. He leaves, and everyone's like, well, that's okay, whatever. No one expected Filer to be back. Then came day two, and this is the one that was like the gut punch for a lot of people. There was back-to-back gut punches. <laughs> gut punch and a kick to the nuts, if you want to put it that way. So Tyson Alawalu goes back to Jacksonville. It, this fired me up for a couple reasons. Number one, is because Pro Football Focus predicted this, and they gave their predictions for where these players are going to go. They actually said that Tyson Alawalu was going to go back to the Jags, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I don't think that's going to happen, and it did. And then right after that, Mike Hilton leaves. And when, when the Steelers signed Cam Sutton, I kind of knew that Mike Hilton was gone. And I kind of knew that the Steelers had put their trust into Sutton and put their financial backing into Sutton because they probably knew they weren't going to be able to afford Hilton. So Hilton leaves, but he doesn't leave. He actually stays in the division, and he goes to the Bengals. Oh, my gosh, he goes to the Bengals. And so the fan base is just livid. I think the, the word that was used the most was, this is brutal. I mean, just brutal. I get it. The one thing that I kept on coming back to over and over again in my head, and I put this out on Twitter, and it got a lot of good – people were upset at sometimes. Some people also were like, this is a really good point. What in the world did you expect, Steeler fans? I mean, seriously, what were you expecting out of free agency this year? Now, let's keep in mind, the Steelers spend to the cap every single season. They, they do. They never have a ton of salary cap space. They just don't, whether it's because they restructure contracts, whether it's because of years like this. But years like this where the salary cap has gone down to 182.5 from 198, you already know that they're not going to be able to do what they normally do right out of the gate. Yet for some reason, people thought, I literally do think there's people out there that thought, wow, Ben Roethlisberger signed a new contract. Let's go sign Bud Dupree. No, Ben's Ben getting a new contract essentially just gave the Steelers enough space to be cap compliant. That's basically it. Then they cut Vince Williams. They have a little bit more space. Folks, here is how the Steelers approach free agency. In case you didn't know, let me break it down for you. Step number one, early make strategic planned moves. Okay. That's what they always do first. And you'll know where they prioritize things. Steven Nelson was a day one free agency acquisition. Shockingly, Derek Watt last season was a free agent day one acquisition. But still, he was a day one, a strategic move. They knew what they wanted. This year was Cam Sutton. They went out and got him. Could they have waited? Sure, but they didn't want to wait. They didn't want to let him test the waters. They wanted to get their guy. And so they get their guy. And people are like, what are they doing? What are the Steelers doing? Look at all these people leaving. This happens every single year. Every single year this happens. And Steeler fans, it's it's understandable because you feel like the kid at Christmas who's watching everyone else open their presents and you have nothing. People are on, look, William Jackson the third's going here. Patrick Peterson's going there. All these players are leaving the Steelers. Dupree, gone. Filer, gone. Aluwalu, gone. Hilton, gone. And here are the Steeler fans like, what do we What do we have? Cam Sutton? Really? It's just, it's Christmas Day. All we have is Cam Sutton? Oh, we get Zach Banner. We kind of knew Zach Banner was coming. I get the feeling. I get the feeling that fans have. Fans have this feeling of, oh my gosh, our, our team is like just being ripped to shreds, especially the defense, and what do we have to show for it? What do the Steelers have in terms of what are they getting back? Well, 
We know Sutton and Banner. Wormley was signed, as I mentioned earlier in this podcast. And I think that Wormley coming back on a two-year contract is going to really help ease the blow of Alualu. And immediately, people were like, this is a bad signing. This guy sucked. Well, this guy was also hurt for the majority of the season. So let's keep that in mind. He was banged up in training camp. Uh, so that he's coming to a new team. The training camp is different anyways. Who knows what kind of experience. Look, by the end of the season, he was playing more. He seemed to be healthy. If, if the Steelers trust him enough to bring him back, then I trust the move. Uh, if they didn't think he was going to be that good, if they didn't, they weren't happy with the pro- with progress he had made and what he had done since he came over in the trade with Baltimore, they wouldn't have re-signed him. Yes, I am someone that still does trust the Steelers when it comes to trades, acquisitions, signings, and things like that. So what exactly did the Steelers, ex- what did the fans expect? That's what I want to know. Because they always do the strategic move first. And then they sit back and wait. Okay, so we went over step one. Make the strategic move. Step two, sit back and wait. See what happens. And they have. And they've watched a lot of their players leave. And I'm sure that a lot of these players, whether it's Hilton, Dupree, Filer, or Walu they knew the best that the Steelers could offer. They knew that the Steelers, like for instance, Alu might know, hey, the best the Steelers are going to offer me is one year, three million. I'm looking for two more seasons. They don't, they're not willing to do that. He probably knew that the best offer, or his agent, his representation, whatever you want to call it, I'm sure that they knew the best the Steelers could do. I'm sure Bud Dupree did as well. Mike Hilton, I'm sure he did. Matt Filer, he probably knew that they were prioritizing Zach Banner over him, especially with Kevin Dotson showing as much, much upside and promise, we'll put it that way, that he did as a rookie. Filer became expendable. So they sit back and wait. All those players left. Now, there's a lot of players still to be signed that are on that were on the Steelers in 2020. James Conner, Juju Smith-Schuster. At the time this is being recorded, I have to record my Friday show a little bit earlier on Thursday because I have the Steelers preview Thursday night live on YouTube. Go to YouTube.com, search BTSC Steelers Radio. <laughs> By the way, shameless plug. Subscribe to our channel. We appreciate it. And so... I'm looking at this. Okay, they're still following the script to a T. Guys and gals, they're, they're just following it exactly on cue. Number one, prioritize certain players. Strategic moves, check. Step two, sit back and watch, check. Step three, start to create more space, make more moves. I think this is what you're seeing. We saw that Vince Williams got cut, saved him $4 million. You're starting to see, like with Wormley being signed for two years, I would expect the Steelers to still extend someone else's contract with the fact that the National Football League and a lot of their TV deals have been redone. That was breaking news that happened probably about an hour just before I went live here on this show. That means that the NFL owners are going to be voting soon on a 17th game from here on out and they're going to cut down the preseason probably from four to three the Steelers would still have four this year because they have the uh, Hall of Fame game with the Cowboys but still when that happens you might see Stefan Tuitt restructure his contract you might see someone else do that if they can uh, you might see someone else get cut I doubt it I really doubt it I think when you saw when Vince Williams got cut they were trying to get him the chance to find a new team will they bring Vince back I don't know I don't know 
I'll tell you who I want him to bring back. And this is one of those situations where step two is what? Wait and see. And then step three is let's go out and and make some moves on some guys and some players that we think can really help the team. I'll give you a name of someone who I would really love them to go after, and that is LJ Fort. I wrote this article for BehindTheSteelCurtain.com on Wednesday night. I saw that the Ravens were releasing him to save about $2.25 million or roughly around there. And I said, my gosh, if they could get Fort back, you're getting a veteran, knows the system, been in the division, and he's still a good player. You could get if you can get him like on a two-year deal, he and Devin Bush next to each other, and then throw in Spillane, you have a little rotation there at inside linebacker. I think that that would be a huge upgrade over losing Vince Williams. If you could get LJ Fort on a two-year deal with the first year being about $1.5 million, holy cow, what a move that would be for the Steelers. So there's those type of players out there. I still do think the Steelers are going to go get a center. But again, if the, the wait-and-see approach and then step three, which we're seeing happen now, it's going to continue, then you make your moves. If you stay out of the first wave of free agency, and I feel like we're right on the uh, we're on the, the downward swing of that first wave, the crescendo's coming down, I feel like the Steelers have a lot of options. If they would have acted early, then they would have maybe gotten into a, a contract with a player that they really didn't need to go into a contract with at that time. I'm thinking about some of the centers that are still on the market, maybe some tight ends that are still out there, positions of need that the Steelers could address. But hey, the longer you wait, and it's a gamble, the longer you wait, the less it costs. So in that respect, I I bring this back full circle. They are following their free agent script word by word, people. I don't know what fans expected. If you expect this in a normal year where the salary cap doesn't dip, then I get it. I understand how you would be frustrated because they might have more cap space. But this year, no, you had to know they weren't going to make a lot of moves right off the bat. You're not going to be able to compete with these offers from these teams that are just throwing ridiculous money at players because they have the cap space. The Steelers don't. A lot of teams don't. It's just the way it works. I don't know what some of you are thinking. I understand the kid on Christmas analogy, but my gosh, Think, think, think. It's not illegal yet. Think about things. Think about how things have always happened, and you'll see that this is exactly the way it's playing out. I'm really excited for the second segment of this show. I'm going to bring on my buddy Chris Carter, and we're going to talk shop. We're going to talk about some Steelers. You don't want to go anywhere. We'll be right back. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to the second segment of Let's Ride. I'm your host, Jeff Hartman, co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. And with me is a special guest. I just I just sent him a text on a whim on Thursday and said, hey, you want to join me for the second segment? He said, sure, it's Chris Carter from DK Pittsburgh Sports. Chris, welcome to the old stomping grounds. How's it going? It's great. It's great, Jeff. I'm always glad to come back and be part of BTSC, man. Y'all, y'all, y'all where I got started with my writing stuff. So yeah, you sent me a text. As long as I'm not like in the middle of fighting off three different articles and four <laughs> podcasts at the same time. Yeah, sure. I'll be able to get off. I know what that feels like, by the way. I know what that feels like. Before we get started, <laughs> how are things going over there, man? You good? You want to plug any stuff that you're doing? Absolutely. Uh, you're doing great stuff. Uh, you know, I wrote a, 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 an interesting article, Ramon Foster, who we know, former Steeler, he's working in Tennessee and radio, but he's also with us at DK Pittsburgh sports.com. Uh, he, uh, he interviewed Bud Dupree, 
on uh, on their radio station and got us the audio for it. So I, I was able to write it up and get it into a story. So uh, really good insight on some stuff from Bud Dupree about how he felt about his how, how his time ended in Pittsburgh and how he feels about what he learned from Pittsburgh and how it's going to impact his career moving forward after getting his payday with the Titans. Um, so that was really cool. You guys can always listen to me on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I got John Ledyard on this Friday, and we got a lot of different guests coming up. I think we got the Yins Hurst podcast. They're going to join the uh, they're going to join the show on Monday. So just we're we're always getting new guys. And Jeff, we got to get you back on the show. It's That's been right. it's been a bit minutes we had you on, man. I'd be more than happy to join you whenever you want. Just send me a text. Like you said, as long as I'm not spending my time doing other podcasts <laughs> or 15 articles in a day, then I'm I'm right there, man. No doubt about it. So let's talk about the Steelers before we went, uh, came on the air. You know, I, I was explaining my legendary rant that my folks that are listening live just or listening just heard. And it was how fans, I don't know what they expected from the Steelers, but in your, you know so much more than, than me about football and about the way the team operates. We have a general understanding, though. You haven't been surprised. You've been surprised by anything that's happened so far in free agency, whether it's a player gained, player lost. What are your thoughts? Like, what's, what has surprised you, if anything? The only minor surprise was Tyson Alulu not coming back. But I, I was on Channel 11 in Pittsburgh, WPXI, on the final word on Sunday. And I was saying, listen, the guys that you're ex- I'm expecting to come back are Cameron Sutton, Zach Banner, and Tyson Alulu. Everyone else I'm expecting to hit, hit the road. Now, Tyson Alulu, him going, they signed Chris Wormley on Thursday. So, they, you know, they, they got some depth there. And they still need to address, in, you know, their interior defensive yeah. line. But – this was what we knew was coming. And uh, a buddy of mine, Adam Crowley, he used to do the Crowley show on uh, ESPN Pittsburgh, but he still works for iHeartRadio. Um, he put out an interesting tweet on Thursday, just reminding everyone. It's like, if you're, if you, if you want to, if you're a fan complaining about, because you just, you feel bad about the Steelers and some of your favorite players going, I get it. But if you're trying to say that they mismanaged the cap when it is $182 million when it was $198 million the last time around. Like that, that's just being intellectually dishonest. It's just being un, untrue. You're, you're, you're not looking at this from a realistic scope. They, you know, I see, I hear a lot of people saying, blow up the Steelers, blow up the Steelers. What does that even mean, Jeff? Because <laughs> they got TJ Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick, Devin Bush, Cam Hayward, Stephon Tewitt. I mean, are, are we really saying that we wanted to get rid of the, those core guys that make up why this defense is so exciting to watch? If you do, you, you're either A, you're trying to dismantle the Steelers, or B, you don't know what the heck you're talking about. Or, or both. I, or I, both. I, I said it was like, the, you know this, you're a Pittsburgh guy, you're a Pirate fan too, when they, when they had the bridge year. Everyone remembers yeah. the bridge year. They had just won like 90 plus games. Like next year's going to be a bridge year. A what? I'm sorry. Say what? Yeah, right. You're taking a pass on an entire season. That's exactly what they said. The Steelers don't do that. Like that's no. not the, the Steelers. Come on. I mean, we're talking about the Steelers. They're going to be competitive. Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season. I know that for some fans, they get sick of that stat, but I just don't think you realize how impressive that is. He's been here for over a decade and never lost more than he's won. Bill Cowher couldn't say that. Chuck Noll couldn't say that. I mean, think about this, people. This is legitimate. They, they are a competitive team every year, no matter what, and this year's not going to be different. Let me ask you about this. You surprised Juju hasn't found a home yet as of this being recorded? Because that can obviously change quickly, but at the time this recorded, he is still a street-free agent. Are you surprised? I am a little surprised, Jeff. I thought that he would find a home because, because of how young he is. Um, I thought someone would say, you know what, let's get him in here. Um, but you know, it's so, something to, to think about though, Jeff, 
it could be very what very well a mutual situation that's it might not just not be that teams don't want him there might be teams calling him right now and he's saying whoa whoa that's not the money that i wanted to sign on for the next four or five years of my career um i i was i was hoping to get this and and this is something i did say you know the 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 best percentage chance which i've said is like around two to five percent that the steelers would get juju back this season the best percent chance is that he sees the market doesn't like what it's spending right now as a lot of players aren't going to because of the salary cap year um, and, and the impact of the pandemic and he says you know what I'll take a one or two year deal to stay in Pittsburgh work with Ben again be in an offense that I know and I trust and if I show up and I have another healthy year and I put up some good numbers next year when the salary cap goes way up and you know I've seen projections as as high as 210 or million or more next year because of these new TV deals that have just been signed I mean again that's a that's that's a 30 million dollar jump from what it is right now the Steelers already are projected to have a boatload of of cap space Imagine next year when that comes around, maybe the Steelers say, hey, you know what, Juju, you proved yourself this year. We'll pay you. Or or he just says, you know what, okay, now I'm out. And a team like the Colts or whoever has a whole lot of money next year says, yeah, we'll sign Juju to a four-year super-duper money deal. Um, and, and maybe it's just that he's waiting for that opportunity. The longer it seems to go, the more I think he has a chance of coming back. Do you agree with that? I agree. Yeah. That's the thing. The longer this ticks, it shows that there's obviously there's, there's not, there's not an immediate home for him to work. You know, there were rumors that the jets wanted him and, but the jet, then the jets, they've signed two receivers already. Yeah. Uh, And so now they're out of the picture. So now you're saying who wants him? You know, I thought from the jump, the best fit for Juju right now would be the Colts. You get a young quarterback in Carson Wentz. He'd have a a former USC, another USC receiver in Michael Pittman. They're a team that doesn't need the passing game to be a a stellar success because they've got an offensive line. They've got a young running back in Jonathan Taylor, and they've got a defense that's going to have talent on it. And, and, you know, other guys that are going to be able to make things work. So Juju can come in there, make an impact and work with Carson Wentz and help him maybe find himself there. So I, I think that, that would, there'd be a fit like that. But if teams aren't offering that kind of money, Juju might say, you know what? I'm not playing for $8 million this year or for the next five years. Let me pay pay for $4 million for the next year or two or so. And then when I'm 25 or 26 years old, then I'll go out and then I'll see if I can get my $15 million a year deal. No, you're right. Now, that, here's another free agent that I've been really wondering about. The buddy of mine is a Ravens fan, was at the gym, and he said, hey, where's James Conner going to go? And mm. I, I sat there, I was like, honestly, I said, I can't even if I tried, and I have tried, trying to think of the market value for James Conner. I mean, you're talking about a guy that was a pro bowler, okay? Mm-hmm. He's a pro bowler, and then just completely injury prone. And I mean, what is his market right now? I mean, a lot of running backs are going off are off the free agent market already. And what are your thoughts on James Conner? I think James has that predicament where people are going to see him as injury prone. Um, and he might be able to get a, a, a three to $4 million deal himself here, but he's not in Juju's situation. Juju is healthy. Juju is young. Juju has put up, you know, he, he James Conner got in the pro bowl because he was exciting that year and, and fans really dug him in 2018. But Juju has been a guy who's produced and shown that, Hey, I'm a, I'm a young star in this league and I can, I can make a name for myself. You know, he's had 1400 receiving yards in a season. Um, you know, he's you know, last year, he fit his top 10 in receptions and he finished with the most, uh, touchdowns of any slot receiver in the NFL. Um, you, you you look at those things. Teams can buy into that. 
Connor doesn't have that to his name. And yeah. that's not to say that he stinks. It just means, you know, in a in an NFL, in this era of the NFL, Jeffy, and you know it just as well as I do, the running back position just isn't valid, valued like it used to be. Even the superstars aren't getting paid. And James Connor's just not a superstar. He's, he's, he's a good name, a guy that works hard, and a guy that when the blocking's there, he makes things happen. But he's not a creator on his own. And I think that teams look at that and say, eh, do we really need to pay for that? We could probably get that out of college right now. Yeah. Speaking of of Connor and the running game, and we we think about things that are changing with the Steelers, Randy Featner is gone. You're someone that studies the college game a lot closer than I do, especially on the beat with Pitt this past year. I'm sure you've done some research on Matt Canada's offense. And everywhere in, in my own limited research, Everywhere where he goes, it seems to be something different. It's almost like, what do I have here? And how can I sculpt an offense that's going to make it work? And whether it's his time at Pitt, whether it's his time at Maryland, NC State, LSU briefly. What do you think? If you were to write a manual for what fans can expect in the Pittsburgh Steelers, Matt Canada offense, what do you think it's going to look like? I think one thing that Matt Canada does very well is he finds ways to isolate the most susceptible defender on the field with with a lot of his play calls. And we saw that early in the season. I think that not that Randy Featner was using his play calls, that Matt Canada was calling the play calls. And I kept telling people that in like week five at the Eagles game, like it's Matt Canada's offense. And like, no, <laughs> there's there's wrinkles of what he's what he's added to the playbook in there. Cause that's how it works is that assistant coaches, they say, hey, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, we like these things. These are these are what would work for our position groups. Can we mold this into a playbook? And then the offensive coordinator puts it together and says, all right, now we'll call the plays and now we'll, we'll see how this goes. So, you know, that that's Matt Canada's wrinkles were on the team, but, and early on, I think you saw a little bit of the success of it because you saw more motion. You saw the Steelers isolating some of the, the worst defenders in the field, giving James Connor and Benny Snell uh, opportunities to run at soft spots in the defense. And then that was why they averaged 130 yards on the ground through six or seven games. But the problem came, when they needed to keep doing it and Roethlisberger wasn't familiar with it. And when that kind of faded away, it was, it was hard to get back. And that happens, especially in a long season where you don't have a bye week because the Steelers were the only team in the NFL not have a bye week last year. Um, but we, when you, when, when you go through it, you start to say, okay, the, the priority of each week becomes we need to prepare for the next opponent and we can't clean up the things that we want to clean up every week because we have to do so much to prepare for the next opponent. So I think with Matt Cannon in the offense, you're going to see more of that motion and more attempts to try and say, let's isolate their backside defensive end because he is their worst defender field, or let's isolate this inside linebacker. Because if we can get a guard to him or a fullback or a tight end to him, he is not going to be able to get off that block. And that's going to give our running back the best chance to hit a seam and have a, a one-on-one with a defensive back. You know, those are the things that Matt Canada did really well at Pitt. And the thing was he, in college football, you get more creative because you can get away with more things because guys aren't as athletic in college as they are in the NFL. Um, so not as much trickeration because I, I think a lot of people are looking at some of the trick plays that Pitt ran back in 2016, back when they went back when they beat the Clemson Tigers and the the only team to beat the Deshaun the Watson led Clemson Tigers that that year uh, and in Clemson, um, and, and that was a miraculous game on their part, but. You know, don't think about the trick plays as much. There will be some in there, but it's more so about finding creative ways to read the defense, tip off what they're doing, and say, okay, now we know where they're going. Let's attack this part of them and give us the best chance to, to you know, move the sticks. 
Okay, real, real quick. I had a real quick answer from you. I, I agree with everything you said, and I'm really excited to see these different and new wrinkles and expanded offensive packages with Matt Canada's thought process. But answer this question. Can Ben Roethlisberger run this offense? You just talked about how in the first five weeks it was great, and then it just started, slowly started to trickle away. And by the end of the season, they didn't run a lot of motion. They, they basically almost cut it out of the out of the playbook. And I, I didn't know why. I didn't know if it was Feetner or Ron. Can Roethlisberger run this style of offense, or are we just going to see the same thing happen again where Ben is going to get frustrated and maybe he says, look, I'm not doing this anymore. What is your prediction there? I think he can if you force him to. I think, and I said this the night that they lost to the Browns on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I said, this offense has to be, he has to come out of the driver's seat. He needs to be in the passenger seat. And, you know, it's like, hey, we want you along for the ride. You're riding shotgun and you're the guy, you're the, you're helping us rob the bank. But we need, we need someone else. We need to have the, the emphasis of this offense going into being a balanced attack and having a running attack. And you absolutely want Ben Roethlisberger to have, be around to know, have the, have the connection with his receivers and to know that, Hey, in play action, we know we have these specific reads. We want you to pull this off, but you got to say, look, man, you don't have the Liberty to just come out and say, you know, forget everything. We're just, we're running it this way, the way that you did the last 10 years of your career. You know, we want you to come out with this plan. We're running the football. And the key is about this. They have to invest in really running the football. They need an, they need an offensive line. They need a playmaker running back. They need to do those things so that when Ben Roethlisberger hands the ball off to a uh, Travis ATN, a Najee Harris, a Javante Williams, then you're saying, okay, I know this guy is going to make the first guy miss and maybe do some serious damage to it. Because if you get an average running back and your offensive line's still young and you're like, uh, you're still figuring things out, you're asking for the team to start to get anxious and say, all right, you know what? We're just going to chuck it up to Chase Claypool, you know, too early in this situation. But again, you felt that balanced attack. You put defenses on their heels and you, you saw early in the season and into the middle part of the season, Teams didn't know what to cover because the Steelers could run the ball and they were mixing deep passes with long passes. And so defenses couldn't just sit on one thing. But in that in the late run, when they started to lose games, you saw the majority of their offense was the dump down pass and all the teams were, were biting on it. So you got to you got to build an offense where it's saying, Ben. We're not asking you to be super cerebral all the time. We're asking you to trust the run game. And we're asking you that when we call upon you to make the passes, maybe 25, 30 times a game, instead of 45, 50 times a game, when you, when we call upon you, you're just, you're taking certain shots that spread around where the ball is going. That's great stuff. I agree. I, th- I think I agree hundred percent with the Ben's got to kind of take a backseat a little bit and we'll see if that actually happens. Um, I, you brought up the running backs and oh, I want to talk about the draft so much, but I'm going to have you back on closer to the draft. Cause I want to really start to pick apart these running backs and other positions. And I know that you love it. And we're going to do a full 30 minutes on that. So folks, be, make sure you're paying attention to that closer to the draft, which is at the very end of April going into May. But Chris, I thank you for joining me. Go ahead and tell people how they can find you on Twitter, uh, the website, all that good stuff. You guys can follow me, and thank you, Jeff, for having me on. It's always great to be on BTSC and, and doing it, doing it with my guys. Um, but you could you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram, the same follow handle at 
Carter Critiques. Um, you follow me, you'll see all my stuff and all my work. Thanks so much to those who do follow me. I'm the host of the Locked On Steelers podcast, Monday through Friday, getting the read of what's going on in Steeler Nation. Uh, then also, I write for DKPittsburghSports.com. I write about the Steelers and do film analysis and uh, work with Dale Lolly there. I also cover pit football and pit basketball. So if there's some if there's some pit guys that you want to know about, check check out my work there about them. I just wrote a big piece about what their pro day was like with Jalen Twyman, you know, you know, throwing up a whole bunch of weight on the bench press, and uh, with uh, Rashad Weaver putting a really interesting shuttle in three cone times that could make him an interesting edge prospect to look at in the middle rounds um there's a whole bunch of great stuff there so check me out at dkpittsburghsports.com um and and yeah you know i'll, I'll, I'll again check out jeff he'll be on the locked on steelers podcast soon and <laughs> i definitely am excited to be back on here sometime i appreciate it and folks my ride or die crew thank you for listening i hope you have a great weekend remember behind the steel curtain.com should be your one-stop shop for all things pittsburgh steelers follow us wherever you get your podcast search steelers or behind the steel curtain and follow subscribe whatever you have to do so that you don't miss a thing not just my let's ride but all our morning and afternoon podcast and as i always finish it out people be safe be kind and god bless have a great weekend we'll see you on monday